Welcome to Just a Taste. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in food and beverage that are shaping the industry. We are very fortunate today to have with us speaker, CEO, coach, consultant, and chief launch officer of Lunchbox, Dan Negroni. His company, Launchbox, is a leader in bridging the gap between managers and their millennial workforce to improve performance and profitability. Dan and his team present provocative, inspiring keynote presentations on the millennial generation, bridging the gap and creating next generation leaders at all types of corporate and industry events. Dan is a best-selling author and was named one of Inc.'s top 100 leadership speakers of 2018. Dan is here to help us understand so-called millennials, which is a hot topic in consumer packaged goods boardrooms, both in terms of infusing them into the workplace and maximizing their impact and output there, but also in reaching them as they ascend into the prime earning and spending years of their life. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to talk about the so-called millennials. <laughs> and that, that'll kick us off. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about marketing to millennials, you know, and that, that requires understanding them first. Uh, but we'll also, of course, touch on hiring and motivating them in, in the workforce. Uh, I know you like to call them next generation. So first, Dan, if you could kind of define for us the millennial generation, people, uh, I yeah. think, tend you know, people tend to want to put them into a demographic box using uh, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody likes to box people. Yeah. So, so, so what are we talking about? Yeah. The millennial generation is about 22 to 39 years old now, uh, born between 1980 and 1995. Right behind them is Generation Z, which we're starting to get to know a little bit about in the workplace as well. And yeah, I mean, I think they're, the the workforce now is super dynamic, five to six generations in the workplace. Uh, are artfully, actually, one of the biggest challenges in the workplace is the multi-generational workplace and force, um, along with diversity and inclusion. And so, yeah, we're really, really um, have our tails spinning about what to do with them. And, and quite frankly, I'll just lead us off by saying, they're not that different. Uh, they're kind of called human beings. And so while <laughs> they did grow up with technology, they are people and people are people. Uh, that's good to know. So we're not just going to eliminate them and say the heck with them. I don't like them and everything. So, so bridging on that, what, Let's just get it out of the way. What are, what are some of the common misperceptions? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. It's so interesting you say that. Now, even when we do keynotes, I'm almost even bored talking about the negativity. Um, I would say this, you know, most people, uh, spoiled, snowflakes, um, not very interested in uh, promotions or what we wanted, no work ethic, uh, need to be told everything, don't want to get their feelings hurt, uh, don't want feedback or want too much feedback, uh, want a trophy for everything, uh, aren't very tough, aren't very smart, uh, and, you know, just don't perform the way we were built. You know, when we, uh, you know, I'm I'm right on the cusp of boomer Gen Xer, but um, us old people over 55 plus. So I think, um, yeah, we're, we just got it wrong. That's just not true. And is this, is this something that we could look at history to learn from? I mean, I, I'm sure that the folks that grew up in 
uh, or came of age during, uh, it's called the World War II generation. I'm sure that they have plenty of things to, to say about the next generation uh, that came came of age in the 60s. Is, yeah, is part I mean, of I it just that, a natural progression of society? Yeah, I mean, I think for, there are books on this. And so, right, the silent generation or the traditionalist, as you call the, um, the World War II generation, um, yeah, I mean, since the beginning of time, Socrates has been complaining about Plato, that he didn't have respect for his elders, that he ate his food too quickly, that he wanted to play instead of actually do his studies. And so, you know, it's just a crock. Youth is youth and experience is experience. And uh, we think of them very differently when we're at one of those stages. Uh, the problem or the challenge now is the world's so different given technology that you can acquire information at a moment's notice and at a fingertip. And unfortunately, um, you know, that doesn't equate to experience information. And so there are a little bit of disconnects there. Um, and, you know, everyone really, really has a voice with social media. So I think, you know, technology has really reshaped um, what has been a historical perspective of young people are young people. They focus on themselves. That's all they got at that time. Older people have had a little more life experience. They realize the secret to life is focusing about others. You know, it's kind of natural. And I say just as natural as, you know, talking negatively about people is an instant way to give yourself an ego boost as well. Um, well taking some empathy uh, to, to, to view millennials, what, what if we put ourselves in their shoes, what are some of the events or seismic shifts in society that they, uh, you know, grew up either doing, experiencing, witnessing that could help anyone have a better appreciation and understanding of, of where they came from to use that yeah. example. I mean, if you want to think about the world war two generation, you have to think about what they went through in the 1941, 42 and so on. What, what do we, what should we think of if we're thinking? You know, I mean, clearly, I think the answer is technology. And so, right, we're on an Uber conference call now. I mean, who would have even uh, conceptualized Uber way back when? Um, they grew up with technology at their fingertips. Um, Gen Z behind them are real digital natives. Uh, they never wanted for information. They didn't have to read an encyclopedia. Um, they didn't have to ask permission to get information. Information was never withheld by people that were the powers, and they could find everything at their fingertips. And while that creates a real ease of use and an ease of information, it also creates the challenge of how quickly the world works, um, what our expectations are, um, and what should we should know at one age and what age and, and, you know, kind of the voice. So I think the biggest shaping is probably technology. There are other shaping that many of them came up during, you know, in a, a recession, 2009. Uh, the world is much more expensive. They're the first generation to do less well than any other parents uh, in this country. And so I think, uh, you know, economic pressure, they have a lot of student debt. Um, some of that is an issue. And they also have choices uh, like we've never had before. And so, you know, that creates a lot of anxiety and pressure about um, what should they do? What could they do? What do they need to do? What should they be? And, and, you work with a lot of companies in helping them, uh, you know, become more efficient to to work multi generationally, uh, with obviously leaving company names out of this. Could you give an example or two of 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 how you know a combination of your coaching, 
uh, I'm sure some workshopping and presenting uh, together. Um, what, you know, when you've been brought in, and I'm just picturing a CEO going, I can't get these people to do any work for me. Um, and, and, you know, what the expectation could be for a company uh, over a certain time period as to how, uh, how your workshops and how this, this new view and working together can manifest itself into a, a daily basis and, and how a company can, you know, really transform its culture and, and obviously lead to more positive business growth because of it. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're great um, proponents of the fact that coaching and mentoring is the new leadership training and developing development. And, you know, most people's favorite topic is themselves and millennials in general want to have mad ass skills to kind of rule the world. And the number one thing they want in the workplace is the ability to learn and grow. That probably hasn't changed much over the years, but they really are passionate about learning and growing for a variety of reasons, one being social impact and how to contribute. And so um, we've made our foundational programs focus on whether it's a keynote, whether we start with a keynote, whether we start with workshops, whether we do all-out coaching and take on an annual basis uh, for a company is that it really is predicated upon the individual. We have a foundational workshop we call Strength and Story. We teach them about themselves, their favorite topic. We teach them about how to build relationships with themselves and how to connect with others because we believe that's what sets humans apart. And usually we can quantify and change that connection currency or capacity into real metricable results, which is a 10x return on retention, a 10x return on attracting the right people for a longer period of time, a 10x return on sales um, or customer satisfaction based on teaching individuals how to connect and serve others and make it about others and what we call as an other-focused leadership approach. But you got to start with the individual. And by the way, most human beings like that no matter what age they are, but millennials really like it because we've done a really – sucky job. There's a technical term for you. A sucky job <laughs> at training young people in high school and in college on themselves and how to attract and connect with other human beings to create value for the other human being and not for themselves. We're really good on telling them what they should demand for themselves and maybe what skills, but not showing them uh, the three fundamental hacks that we believe in order to make organizations thrive. Hmm. So you're starting to touch on marketing here. So 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 let's let's go there. If if I'm a food and beverage company and I just exited my 2019 corporate retreat and we decided that we need to reach and inspire millennials through our product. Where do I start if I'm a company? And it, you know, obviously food yeah. food and beverage is, is great who, question. You know, a lot of listeners are, but overall, how yeah. do you do that? Where do they start? Well, you know, I think people, people, millennials in general, if you look at the brands for company, the top 10 companies they want to work for, they're the same brands that they want to buy from. And so I think really understanding the nexus mm. that millennials are usually the same people at work and at home provides a really nice basis for trying to understand how to reach that audience. So if you are a food and beverage company, and um, sometimes food and beverage is transient, sometimes people are not professionals for a lifetime, there's probably half and half. But um, for, the, for the younger people that are doing that um, at the start of their careers, utilizing them to understand what the audience wants and asking them their opinion would be a great thing. 
uh, to do. I think millennials in general are very much focused on uh, experiences. And as you see malls changing and retail changing and the way restaurants are, um, they're much more about experience. And so uh, really kind of understanding who your audience is can be tapped into by understanding who your employees are. And so um, I think that's the first thing is, is you need to understand that they think and process differently and want to experience things differently. Uh, they care more about organic foods. They they they're connoisseurs of liquor. Um, they have probably a little higher end palate than we used to um, when we were that age. And so, you know, really understanding that and also understanding how to reach out to them, um, how they refer their business to their friends, how they gather, um, what social media looks like, what messaging you want to put on social media, um, what it looks like to gather friends and things. So there's a whole host of things that I would be looking at in terms of understanding who is my employee, how are they going to connect with the distant de demographics, and um, what type of experience and what type of look, feel, and um, approach do we want to have to that audience. So you're, you're almost suggesting you can't expect to, you know, run a company, uh, you know, based on the hierarchical structures of, let's call it the 90s, uh, and have employees that are not engaged with, you know, I would say common millennial themes um, and really fully expect to be able to pump out some advertising and all of a sudden become a, a brand that attracts millennials, that there's just almost too much of a gap there. Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know the food and beverage industry really well, so I'm going to say I'm a neophyte there, but I know most others and I'm a consumer. So I see what's happening with some of the, you know, whether it's um, full service, quick service, whatever it is, you see that mm -hmm. new concepts are coming in and kind of dominating markets because they understand um, what is the messaging, the look and feel in the audience? You can't do the same old things and expect um, to have your businesses grow. Um, you know, there are great establishments in, in food and beverage um, where people can sustain businesses for a long time. But even if you look at Coca-Cola and Pepsi, look at what they're looking at. Every flavored water drink infused with protein, right? The snack business, they're looking at every organic flavor, um, everything that's not fried doesn't have high fructose. How is it organic? Um, you know, what is the serving size? Is it um, made in recyclable uh, containers? You know, is it good for the environment? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, will you give a bag to the poor if you get a bag for yourself? I mean, all those types of things. Um, you've got to look at where the world is and where it's going if you want to attract their dollars. And I think millennials are responsible for $665 billion worth of retail spend. And so if you mm. want that, the other thing is, is you have to understand that uh, millennials are probably, they're willing to spend their money more on experiences than on cars and homes and things of that nature. And so experiences, what, I mean, experience revolve around food. I mean, it's society, that's mm -hmm. the culture we're in. And so mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, those are the places where you look at the first hipster type of cool places and then, you know, the older people start going in and then it, right, it becomes out of style like Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat as you go down the right the paradigm. Same thing I would assume in the food industry. 
Mm -hmm. And if we look, so you have a book and, and I want to note it for everyone. It's called Chasing Relevance, Six it Steps is. to Understand, Engage and Maximize Next Generation Leaders in the Workplace. And, yeah, uh, you know, there's a, a point here that you make and, uh, you know, it, it's related to, uh, you know, the workforce and, 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 you know, how companies are set up. But I, I want to just read here quickly for our listeners. Um, page 90, for anyone that's following along, uh, what millennials want out of work. And it's a wonderful chart that that really deserves visual representation. But if you think about this and how it applies to, to marketing, you have active, involved leadership, collaborative, unstructured flow of information, employability and capability as a motivator. Uh, work equals income and personal enrichment. They want a flexible environment. They're outward looking. Uh, they get influenced through networks and communities. Uh, one at 24 7, 365, uh, in terms of their feedback. Uh, and then transparency. And I want to, I want to focus on that and come back to that a little bit and then celebrate. Uh, yeah. you know, don't just, you know, move on and, you know, good job, Joe. Let's celebrate. Let's, let's take a moment. But yeah. transparency, because this is something that, um, is, very important right now to package goods um, where people are demanding it. And there is, I believe millennials have a very high bullshit radar. Yeah. Um, but do you know why? You know? No. Well, because I was they've the recession, been, but they, well, no, no, they've seen every, they've been bombarded with every ad. They know if you Google a pair of shoes or text a pair of shoes, someone's looking somewhere to figure out and show you shoes for the next four months that you looked at, uh, you know, with everything you do. And so they just, and, and they're always being sold and they know it's subliminal. They know what data analytics are. They know what AI is and AR and, and, you know, virtual reality. And they're, they're just, they want it real. They want it authentic and they want no BS. And especially when you're coaching and training them, which they never get. Cause we, we as individuals have such a hard time telling people the truth, but you're right in everything. They want to know the truth. They want transparency and authenticity. They want people to be real. You know, it, it it's almost as if this is the first generation that has, I think the word would be the self-awareness to know they are being marketed to, that they, they're sat there. I think everyone knows an ad from an article, but I think it goes a, another level where, uh, you know, millennials understand, you know, they, they I don't know. I think it's because of digital. They they know that's an ad. They know I'm being sold to right now. So if you're going to take that hammer approach to things, uh, I think that what we're grasping here is that that's, that's just not going to work. Well, it's not going to work unless you're focused on the value that you want to create for the end user. And they really want to know the value you're going to create for them. And so I think, yes, they're aware what an advertorial is. They're aware when you have something on the radio that is really an infomercial or a, you know, radio commercial, whatever it is, it's, you know, telling your perspective or when something looks like news on the internet, but you're really trying to sell a skincare product. Um, they're aware of those things and much more acutely than some of the older generations. And, um, yeah, they want to tell it truthful, but they also, you know, as a generation, we kind of wanted to make everything easier for them. That is true as parents. 
And so we we didn't really tell them unless you were my kids and you learned, hey, that's not so good, or hey, here's how I think you can do better. Um, most parents wanted to just positive, hey, here's here's why you're so special, here's why you're so great, and yes, everyone's special, and yes, everyone deserves to be heard and loved because they were born, for sure. Everyone also has an accountability to the world, to contribution, to themselves, to be the to try and be the best person. And yes, this is the first generation where we are openly speaking about those things and where a business like ours can actually go and sell coaching and mentoring, you know, not to every company, but to the companies that get it to change the course of people's lives, clients and employees. And it, I think it's awesome. And I think they're awesome. And it's a great, great way that you're impacting the world at, at, at where it matters. So let, let's try and look ahead a little bit. So as as baby boomers kind of phase out and millennials become leaders and you're helping them do that, how how will that transform companies? What what will a company look like in 10 to 15 years? Are, are they going to be yeah. in office buildings? What, what, what do you think it's going to look like? Well, so, I mean, I think there's so many questions packed into that question is what will work look like in the future? So clearly we see the gig economy. We see people not having to work long term, people being able to set their own parameters, work at a WeWork, have a community, uh, figure out how to grow their own business, uh, work differently, maybe work part time for different companies, um, all those things. I would say the core of work will not change in terms of training in that um three things we need to do in the workplace. One is understand the people that work for us and what they want, right? And that's about turning your workplace upside down. We call that hack one. Hack two is people want meaningful work and millennials will want more meaningful work. Now, the cool thing about meaningful work is it doesn't just have to be Tom's shoes where you buy a pair and give a pair. And it doesn't have to be, I get to work to prevent human trafficking and a not-for-profit. What meaningful work to everyone is, is are they teaching me to grow? and get better so I can impact the world better. So you can actually create meaningful work in a widget shop if you are training someone, which is what work needs to look at. What's work is serving customers and growing and serving the employees. So number two hack is create meaningful work. And the number three hack is double down on training people on emotional intelligence skills because as robotics and AI and as we are we can hear what we think from the computer in the last 60 minute segments I saw um, the conscious difference of being a human being and how we treat other people will be more and more important so it may look different meaning there's an open work space it may be different in the way our computers look and we may have you know clear screens and all this cool stuff but at the end of the day what we can do and what we know we can focus on is trying to understand the worker and improve the worker's skills so they can impact both their company and the world more. Um, and I think that's what I'm looking for. I do think uh, businesses will start to have coaches on staff, even if it's their third party. I think hopefully like we're developing, there will be an Uber for coaching model um, where you could get coaching at any time instead of sit on the couch. Uh, you can get it on demand when you need it. And so, um, I, I, you know, I think the future is bright, much brighter than we think. But then I am a perpetual millennial or optimist. You call it what you want. Well, I'm excited for it. Um, I think uh, the way to sum up this is be human, treat people as humans, 
you know, do, do not just see a worker as purely a worker or you are going to suffer, whether it's directly through revenue or customer service, but turnover as well, which we know is a, a very high hidden cost. Uh, but that, that's what I'm hearing is, is it's time to start, you know, uh, thinking of millennials as, as humans and that are very, very capable. Um, you know, you need some, maybe some, some, uh, guidance and coaching on how to do that and maybe shed some of our old, old, uh, old thoughts and feelings on it, but that you can have a, a lot of success. And I've seen numbers. It's whatever, 75, percent of the workforce in five years is going to be made up of millennials so, so yeah you better get on board or not right. yeah or your company will die i mean you can and by the way they're your clients too and yeah to me it's just like um as businesses we want to create impact for our customers we want to do a great job we want to create experience got to take care of your employee first as richard branson says because they take care of your um clients for sure um, and the more we double down on understanding and, and figuring out a way to do that in a way where we're not whining, that we're providing all these things for them, we're training them. That's what they need, especially if they're young. We're training young people to go out and impact our clients and crush performance to create better results for our companies. And that's exactly how it should be. How can people find you, Dan? I know that they can find you at launchbox365.com. Uh, where else can yeah. they find you? They can find me at dan.negroni on Instagram or at dannegroni at linkedin.com uh, or at dannegroni.com. Uh, it's a common theme there, Dan Negroni. Um, <laughs> or they could call us at 858-314-9867. Um, we, have, uh, we give first free consultations um, and assessments for people. We give uh, uh, first a, a free uh, conversation about coaching. Um, and we love making an impact for people. So, you know, hit us up. You want to know something? Uh, we'd love to come speak to you, get involved, learn about you and, and apply, you know, what you can do for the world to create more impact and create uh, better coaches and mentors in your organization. Awesome. And I, I do encourage folks to follow you on LinkedIn. You're a pro prolific writer and content producer. So uh, if this topic matters to you, which it should, uh, I would suggest giving you and Lunchbox a, uh, a good follow. Dan, thank you for thank joining you. us, uh, shedding some light. I know that this is an important topic for food and beverage, uh, both from the, the management standpoint, but uh, I, you know, just to, it, I know a lot of folks that contact Chef's Best, they want to talk about millennials. So uh, there's an awakening. So thank you for uh, educating thank you. us, providing some, some Thanks insight. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Just a Taste, a Chef's Best production. Join us again next time as we talk to more experts in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. You can always visit us at chefsbest.com to learn more.